Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to an episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Dan DeVoe. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Dan. Uh, how about you give us a, a little intro about uh, yourself? I know you're from Sarnia. I know you're a real estate investor. Uh, tell us a little bit about, more about what you do. All right, cool. Well, I've been a, an investor for 15 years, so I got some uh, experience under my belt. I, um, I started out just doing buy and holds. Uh, my, my funny, my story, well, a little bit of my story is that... Uh, no, let's, let's do the story because that was what's got me like so intrigued because everyone's like, Dan has an awesome story. Let's, let's... a messed up story, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but it's funny because I, you know, I started 15 years ago, so there's basically, I mean, pre-internet really. So, yeah. uh, so things were different back then. It's, it, it was only 15 years ago, but it seems like the dark ages, right? Before yeah. the internet, when you, you say before the internet, everybody's young nowadays, they say, what? You're like, there actually was no internet at some point. <laughs> um, anyway, I got involved um, in real estate by accident. I was at home one night uh, watching watching TV, late night infomercial came on and this guy named Tom Boo came on there. Have you ever heard of Tom Boo? Yeah, I have. So Tom Boo <laughs> came on there. He used to do those infomercials with the girls with the boobs and, the and all that stuff and the, and, the, uh, and the Rolls Royce and on his yacht and all this stuff. Um, anyway, I, I got hooked on, on that and I thought, holy shit, I, I can do this. And uh, I ended up not taking his course, but there was, uh, there was you know, like there was uh, Carlton Sheets, uh, Robert Allen, all those guru guys back then. And I ended up uh, sending away for Carlton Sheets is um, like it was a gigantic binder you could get. No money down or? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, no, that was Robert Allen. Oh, that was Carl, Robert Allen. Sorry. Yeah, Carlton Sheets was he was the options guy. Options, you know? yes, yeah. He literally had a binder like the size of I mean it was like six inches thick and it was like full of options, all these crazy options you could do. So I, I sent away, got the binder, and he actually had the cassettes. You know, you could stick a cassette in and listen as you drove around. Yep. Um, but it was actually a, it was actually a lot of really good information. It was only a thousand bucks U.S. and um, I ordered it. And it was really good, and I ended up buying my my first property from from the stuff that was out of that binder. And um, from that from that very first house that I bought, it took me a few years to. It was a rent to own, yeah. and uh, I ended up uh, after a few years, I ended up um, selling that house. And then I I took that whole thirty grand that I got from the house. And I bought a plaza with it. Uh, <laughs> all fits in on and bought a plaza, and I ended up moving into the plaza with all these crackheads, and you know, it was it was insane. So was this little, wasn't a polished plaza then. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was just nuts. Actually, it was a mixed use plaza, so it was like half commercial, half residential. And uh, and funny story about that plaza. I tell. I I just did a, um, a presentation for. Um, for Onria group, uh, real estate group there in, in London that you, you talked at one time. Yeah. I talked at it back in March, I think. Yeah. I just did a presentation there uh, last week and it was funny. I was telling the story, uh, about, about this whole, um, how, how everything turned around. But in that story of buying that first plaza, I actually ended up with a free building. I, I went in there and I, I was signing the papers with the lawyer. The guy tells me, um, there was some weird address in there. And I said, what's this? And he says, well, what do you mean? That's, that's one of the properties. And I said, what are you talking about? This, is, this isn't even in the same corner. It turns out it was when I was originally doing the deal with this guy, I said, uh, I wanted all the properties. And he, and he had a property <laughs> straight away. 
And he thought I, I meant all the properties. So he actually just put all his properties in, a, in this package. I got a free building out of the deal, free sixplex out of the deal. <laughs> what? How crazy is that? So, uh, yeah. So anyway, I ended up selling this thing, uh, you know, a few years later, made some pretty good money on that. And that's sort of how what started my journey into, uh, into real estate. And then I did that for about 10 years. I got a pretty good sized portfolio going. And then, uh, you know, I was always running out of money because in Sarnia, we're in a small town here, um, doing buying holds. If you didn't, you know, like, you know, like properties weren't appreciating like they are in the Golden Horseshoe, right? It's not like every year you can go back and refinance and take money out if you're living in an area that's not, that's not growing. Right. So I kept running out of money and then I started getting into uh, flipping houses and because I had a construction background already and uh, I started flipping houses and the first few years were rough, I have to tell you, uh, even though I had really good experience at, at construction. The funny part is, is that the money is not in the, in the renovating, the, run, the money is in the buy, first of all, and managing people. That was the uh, that was a big lesson I learned there was managing people. I was terrible at the beginning of managing people. I was too nice, um, you know. People ripped me off, and I would just say, "Oh well, okay," you know. And it just I had to toughen up. So that. when you're when you're saying managing people, you're talking about tenants, or you're talking about like property managers, or you know, when I was flipping, when I was flipping. oh flipping, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, well, I mean, obviously anything that has to do with real estate is all about managing, right? Whether yeah. you're doing buying holds or whatever, but. Yeah, in, in flipping 100%, if you can't manage, you're dead in the water. So I had to really, I had to toughen up, like I said, you know, like I was, people were robbing me left, right, and center, and I, I had to really toughen up, and um, and, and yeah, I had, had to learn how to manage people. And Were they robbing you, like, time-wise, like, just not showing uh, up, or were they robbing you, like, just bad quotes or over quotes? Or? Uh, yeah, you name it. Um, not doing the work properly, taking off, threatening to sue me. You know, I was always afraid I was going to get sued. People would threaten to kick your ass. I mean, it wow. was nuts. And when, when you're flipping houses and you got, you know, several crews on the go and you're just hiring people off of Kijiji, which was I was basically doing at the beginning, you know, when I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you got a bunch of criminals running around doing your jobs, you know, it was just nuts at the beginning. The first five years was crazy. And then, uh, and then I smartened up and, and now I have systems in place and I have dudes and, you know, I have staff. Um, so things are running a lot smoother, but I'll tell you at the beginning it was, it was mayhem. Yeah, no, I've, I've done the same thing. I've, I've done the Kijiji hires and, and, yeah. but you know what, that's how you can find some great deals, but yeah, it's going to be a little bit extra work probably. Cause you, you like, you don't really know what you're getting. Like I, I to do that in the States is it would be a, a nightmare because you, you could, you know, if you're not, they know you're not even there. Like, oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're basically hiring off Craigslist is, you know, the equivalent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you're you're getting criminals and crazy people and people who ba basically can't work, and they that's, they they advertise on there and and they've got back bad bad backgrounds and and uh, it's just nuts. I I don't know. I mean, obviously you have people that you trust in the U.S. that you deal with and and you've created these relationships over several years and you can keep going back to that well and and you're you know. Once you get your systems in place, you can keep going back to the well, and it's great. But when you have new hires all the time, and you're trying to break people in and teach them systems, and oh boy, that first few years is tough. 
Yep. I'm sure you've been through, been through the ringer yourself. Oh yeah, like I, I did this in Canada for several years before I moved to the states. I didn't go jumping into the states as my my first dip in, in the water. But yeah, you know, like in, people have asked me a bunch of times. They're like, because if I'm doing joint ventures, I'll be like, well, did you get other quotes? No, no, I didn't exactly. because I I trust these people and. Uh, I, I don't want to have a, a whole mess of nightmares. I'm gonna, just going to keep using the people who work and do the job, do it on time, and you know do it for the price that it was supposed to be quoted for. And I don't, I don't care if, if they charge me extra because I'm in Canada and it's, it's, it's a luxury to have them work for me anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was going to write a book called My Five Book, The Lessons Learned from My Five Bookkeepers, because uh, in about three years, I went through five bookkeepers, and literally, I hired them all through Kijiji, because like I said, I didn't really know any better, and, you know, I didn't take any training, obviously, in this, and uh, I would just hire uh, some doing my bookkeeping, and then, you know, a year later, or six months later, it would be just that. lots of uh, glowing recommendations and all this padded uh, resumes and um, I wouldn't bother doing my due diligence and I just assumed right nice people and I'm a nice person hey this person's gonna work out mm -hmm. uh, no it, it was disaster it was year, you know it was one after another and I ended up going through five bookkeepers in a few years and and then I said okay that's enough this this is around the same time like I said that okay this is enough of I got to take this serious and I ended up hiring I ended up hiring my accountant's bookkeeper and um, she's been fantastic and and uh, it's yeah. amazing the things that we do and the lessons that we learn but uh, you know uh, you know what I think you just touched on like the biggest point for hiring anyone is referrals like uh, if you can find someone else that's already doing what you want to do just try and use the same thing repeat the same pattern use the same people and they've vetted them already so you don't have to break them in they usually are used to a certain kind of system that ideally should work for you as well I, I, that's how a lot of my business works is just by you make a lot of connections because the whole world is made on connections when i think that's why so many people can succeed at real estate some people can fail because they're not they don't have the people skills but it mm. I, I i don't know that's that's where i'm going with it <laughs> well that's what i think is the hard, you know and the funny thing is is that you you actually hit a a really good point so you have to hire, I would recommend, you know, a lot of people say, well, what if I can't do this or what if I can't do that? Well, you're just going to have to hire those parts out. And if, and if, it, if you're actually really an introvert, which a lot of people are, where they just like just can't talk to anybody, uh, you're just going to have to hire someone to do that part for you. Um, you tell them what you want and then they're going to relay the message. Um, you know, it's, it's not the best way to do things. Like I think you should practice um, – practice your communication skills and all that stuff. I'm actually, um, I'm terrified of, of public speaking and I have a, I'm a little bit anxiety ridden when I get into small areas with a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can talk to you one-on-one -on -one all day long, but when I get in those environments, I get kind of uh, skittish. But uh, that's something I've, I've had to work on for the last 10 years. And I'm finally coming out of my shell in that department where I'm not a nervous wreck around a group of people. So it's, uh, it's just something you have to, you have to work on the things that you're not good at. Oh yeah. Work on them. Or if it's possible, hire them out. Hire them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't try and like, sometimes you just, you're beating a dead horse. There's certain things like, uh, like, I don't know. I've I've done all kinds of things I shouldn't do, but <laughs> like tiling, I, I tile all the time. But I, you know, it's not beautiful work, and it really should be done by a professional. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I was I was telling a guy, I ran into a guy today. It's funny, I ran into a guy today at Home Depot and he says, um, you know, he says, Hey, you're Dan DeVoe. And I went, uh, yeah. And he said, you know, I, I um I follow you on Instagram. And I said, Oh, cool. And we got in this whole conversation about what you're not and what you're not supposed to do and what you're supposed to do. And I said, the fact that I'm actually really skilled in a lot of areas in construction yeah. is actually a little bit of a detriment because what happens is you 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 just say i'll do that i'll do that i'll do that and next thing you know you're doing all these dumb things that you're not supposed to be doing uh you're supposed to be running and managing your business you're not supposed to be in your business uh you know like i would be you know the painter wouldn't show up i'd be the painter for the day the siding guy wouldn't show up i'm the siding guy for the day and um and that you can't you know what i still struggle with that because i'm actually I love getting dirty, right? I'm the Brian Baumler kind of guy that yeah. just has to get in there and get stuff done. You know, I have machinery, I have trailers, I have all these, you know, the, the dumpster guy doesn't show up. I'm, I'm just running to go get my dump trailer, right? And it's, um, it's really hard to not do those things, but it's, uh, you got to be disciplined and um, you've got to treat your business like a business. So I've been learning all these things. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I don't know. I had something, but I was listening to you too well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could tell you lots of funny stories about all the dumb things I've done. I tell you, but uh, you know what? They, we've all got these. Uh, uh, we've all got. If you've been in real estate more than two years, you've got lots of stories. And I and I've been in. Uh, I've been in, um, like I said, buy and hold. I've had a buy and hold portfolio for for about sixteen years now, and I've been doing full time flipping for uh about about six years now about that and um so you know we have endless endless stories and it's funny i was telling someone else the other day that if you're in the game you know when we talk about you know uh when we look at other people and we say wow that person's so lucky or that person so how do all these good things happen to that person uh any of those people that we're looking at and we're saying wow look at how, how lucky that person is they got plenty of stories of uh, sacrifice and hard work and because if you've made it you've struggled and that's 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 100% if you've made it anywhere you've struggled and uh, and that's why we can we can kind of commiserate when we run into each other when we're networking and and we just eat, we can just give each other the eye and we know the know the war that we've been through right some of these yeah. uh, so you've in, you've uh, invested in the U.S. I can't even imagine the challenges it must be. Oh, <laughs> we won't go into that right now. But yes, <laughs> yes, there's lots of things, and then you have the distance. Like you're like, there's no way you can go over there and fix the problem. It's... Yeah, I had a I had a property about twelve years ago. I bought in Windsor. I thought I would invest in Windsor. It's only an hour for me. I went to University of Windsor. And I thought, you know, I'll just start buying, you know, out of my zone here. And uh, I bought a property. It went well for the first few months. And then, uh, you know, we got some tenants in there. And then we had problems. And I was having, again, problems trying to, like you're talking about, trying to get people to go over there to do stuff for me. And, you know, like in hindsight, I should have kept it. I should have bought lots more. But I wasn't, it wasn't my time. And I didn't have the right systems in place at the time. And I ended up driving back and forth to Windsor, I don't know, probably 50 times in, in a year. And I thought, this is just nuts. What am I doing? Yeah. So I ended up selling the place. But at, at, in hindsight, of course, what I know now, I would have, uh, like, Windsor's just booming. I, I, you know, I should have properties when I had, the, they were 50, 60,000, 100,000 a piece back then. You know, and now those properties are double, triple that. 
Um, but you know, it's, um, it's one of those things. I don't yeah. even know if I would invest there now. It's funny because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to brand myself as the small town millionaire and, yeah. and I actually enjoy that thing, right? I'm in a small town and it's, it is actually challenging doing stuff in a Obviously it's, it's five minutes to anywhere and there's no traffic. But then the bad parts is we don't have, um, obviously we don't have as many connections if you're in a bigger city. We don't have the workforce that the big city has. We don't have the options. We don't have the, you know, we have big box stores, but we don't have all those little shops. We don't have the wholesale sort of opportunities. Um, there's some challenges for sure being in a small town, but I enjoy, I enjoy the fact that there's no traffic here. I enjoy the fact that it's a five minute walk to the waterfront. I enjoy the fact that I can walk down to the city center literally five minutes from my house and it's nice and relaxing. I don't know. It's a trade-off, I guess, but... No, it, it, and it's too. Like, it's the same thing when you're talking about Windsor compared to Sarnia. And, like, if you know, if you get good at a certain market, just, like, just specialize in it. Because yeah. otherwise you get spread so thin and I keep thinking, oh, I need to do lease options i need to start doing uh some bigger multifamilies instead of these duplexes i need to do all this i need to go all over the place but you know like you know what i got a good system just do the same thing over and over again but you know you know it's the same thing you like you get oh i want something new and exciting i want to challenge myself and you're no no just just be be the person that's really good at one thing really well and like you you, i don't know it's it's maybe a little bit more boring but you know, yeah, yep. well, I'm doing I'm doing a couple things here. You know, like I'm I'm actually you know like branching out a little bit as far as you know because because I'm in a small town, you have to diversify a little bit. I think like you could start oh, yeah. out doing one thing or whatever, but you know there's there's not enough opportunity to stick to one thing. It's or it's difficult anyway. But um, so I'm doing a number of things. But perfect example to that, like I uh, I thought about uh, I don't know it was about five or six years ago. I thought you know everybody was making good money in rent own, and I thought well I'm going to do rent own here. And it's funny I was, about the conversation we were having earlier about knowing the personality type you are. I, I, I'm, I'm really nice and I, you know, like people and all that stuff. Uh, I, um, I did, tried to do a rent to own and I, I went the two years. We had gone through the whole program with this guy and he was putting money aside and everything was going great until the very end he couldn't get a mortgage. So I had the choice of either going a couple more years or whatever or kicking this guy out. That's basically what your options are. Uh, so I thought, well, I can't, I don't have the, you know, I, I can't kick this guy out. I'm just too nice. So I said, well, let's just do one more year. So we did one more year and I encouraged this guy to get his, um, get his uh, credit score better so we could get a mortgage and all this stuff. And then another year but went by and then we're back to square one again. And it's funny, and I thought, you know what? I can't do this rent own thing because you have to have, you have to have the guts to kick people out. And I actually don't. I, uh, I, I mean, I do. I just don't want to be in that kind of business of uh, having people rent off me. They've given me ten thousand yeah. dollars, and then two years later, then I'm kicking them out, saying, "Oh, sorry, too bad you didn't get your mortgage," and I'm kicking you out and keeping your money. I just. Anyway, that's just yeah. me, my personality. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe I'm just not cut out for rent home, but I'm cut out for flipping. I'm cut out for buying holds. I'm cut out for maybe other things. And I had to, you know, look at myself in the mirror and say, is this what I enjoy doing? So, you know, I... Yeah. yeah. But, but you think about it, though. If you're like, you basically could... Tur- you've turned that rent-to-owner into just a renter, right? <laughs> and you're that's like, but... Yeah, that's what happened. But then they, they... You know, you're holding a deposit and... 
they are, they're in charge of all the maintenance then too, right? So you're like, it's kind of a sweet deal, but you, you, I, it's not the plan. It's not the plan. You, you're, you had a plan to roll the money, get it, work it into something else, right? You had an exit. And <laughs> I, I get it. Well, I didn't lose on that deal only because what I did was I, I, sold, I sold my um, position to another rent-to-own person. Okay. I said, listen, they've given me $10,000, so you'd have to buy that $10,000 out because it was a good deal for them because I kept the price fairly low. So I said, this is the deal. You can buy out this rent to own, but you got to give me the $10,000 and you deal with this guy. And the funny thing is I, I sold this rent to own to somebody else. They still haven't closed on it. How long ago was that? <laughs> it. That was like, I don't know, five years ago or something. I know the guy to this day, and I know the guy, same guy's in there, and I don't know, he probably just kept his 10000 and just kept him as a, a renter. renter. yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's not, it's, not, it's not my cup of tea, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, well, it is what it is. Because, like, you, you had an exit. You wanted to get your money back. And I think with a lot of us, as we get more and more properties, you need – a way to recycle your money, right? You have exits on everything, so you're, you know, you're a flipper, so you, you have an exit on the flip. Um, I like to burr when I'm buying uh, short-term, or sorry, not short-term, when I'm buying uh, yeah, uh, property. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You, you want some sort of the, the money to keep rolling because you'll run out of money. No matter how much money you have, you're going to run out of money. <laughs> yeah. and, cause, and if you have a lot of money, then you just buy bigger stuff and you run out of money just as fast. Yeah, if you're in a, if you're in a, an up market, it's awesome because, like I was saying earlier, you just every year or two you just keep dipping in there and take some money out, and you can buy something else. But if you're in a flat market or even a down market, uh, the buy and hold thing's tough because you just never have that unless you have really good strong cash flow. Um, yep. it's tough to live off that money. You know what I mean? If you don't have a if you're not if you're like a full time investor where you're you're actually living off that money. Um, it's tough, especially if you have a, a small portfolio as well. Like I, my portfolio is only about, um, I think I got about 70 units, something like that. And I have, I have, uh, three staff. Did and, you say uh, 70, like seven zero? Yeah. So, I wouldn't call that a small portfolio well, then. <laughs> yeah, guys, I don't know. I still yeah. think it's small, but, um, I'm in a small town and I don't know. I think 70 units is fairly small, but, uh, yeah. So, so I have a staff, I have a full-time admin girl, and I have uh, a couple of renovator guys. The cool part is, is that I flip as well. So, um, so I'm always using those guys. They're always bouncing back and forth between doing my properties, my, my, uh, repairs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, and then when they're not doing that, they're at my flip houses. So it's, you know, like it's, it's never perfect. But um, but uh, you know this is this is um, it's running a lot better than it ever has and it's it's actually it's going uh, pretty decent I'd say. That sounds like a pretty good system to me. Like and, it, and you know that's the, well that's the dream is to take it in house, which I I don't see how I'm ever going to do that in the states. But you know it's a nice nice little yeah, dream. Yeah, well it's tough to have employees that you can't you, you got to be able to see these guys. You know the the problem that I kept running into I've had, I've done I've gone down the path of having. Um, everybody's subcontractors yeah but what happens is you know you know what happens is is you have a disaster or things get really busy and all of a sudden everybody's busy and you can't get anybody on your job and it's 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 tough there's guys that do it right yeah. you have to really you know you have to you you can't let these guys have a day off because then if you do they're just going to another person right and then it's tough to get them back i know how the game works but um anyway the system i got is going pretty good yeah 
what with mine I kind of do that same sort of thing. I hire a project manager or a contractor, and then they will sub out a lot of stuff. But I also have their own staff as well. Just to so you it. hire you hire like sort of a general contractor guy or. Sort of, or project manager more? Sort of, kind of, yeah. A lot of times I use the the property management I have because they have a whole construction crew to do oh, all the renovation. Yeah, so they're already idea. there. So you're like, then you're like, yeah. okay, well then hire the project, uh, uh, the property manager. I'll start paying you your money and you can manage the thing. You can use your crew that you have on staff and the stuff that's out of scope for them, like if it's more than painting and trim and stuff, and you can go hire the floor. Actually, they'll do flooring, but they'll hire like the foundation guys and they'll hire roofers. That's and, fantastic. Yeah. yeah that's, that's great. Yeah. If you, um, absolutely, if you can go down that route, you're going to save yourself a pile of money because hiring a general contractor and then paying, you know, top rates for all the crew. Uh, you, you're never going to be able to do it. But if you can hire, you know, hiring your property management company that's working for you is almost like hiring in-house. It's right? close. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. yeah. As close as I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, they would technically, you know, whatever, either that you would hire those, their crew and then pay a 10% markup or something like that. Whereas if you were hiring uh, a separate company, um, the rates are going to be way out of whack. Yeah. So, that's good. So, do you have how many crews you got going right now, or how, what do you got? Going I have on? I have one crew in Huntsville and one crew in Indiana, or Indianapolis. Okay. So, yeah. Where's yeah. Huntsville? Like you? Mean oh, Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. That's, so, that's awesome. Before I let you go, all right, I got I let you off the hook a little bit. So okay. you you talked about your like I would just put I wrote like I always write down a couple words on my page, but you talked about your bookkeeper and like you said that you learned like you could write like five like things like what give us like some just some quick things that you learned from the bookkeeper like well you know (laughs) i i have five great stories from the five crazy bookkeepers but uh you know i can just tell you a couple stories sure for example um my bookkeeper one of my bookkeepers didn't have uh backup systems and i didn't ask the i didn't ask the bookkeeper if she had backup systems i just assumed and we had an entire year of my books. Uh, her computer crashed. Oh my and goodness! She had her. She had her. This is even crazier. Is that she had one of those sticks? You know, like one of those sticks you stick in your laptop. Yeah. Um, she had one of those in the computer that she backed up the stuff on. And when her computer crashed, it crashed the stick, the memory stick, and her computer. And we lost everything. So I lost an entire year's worth of stuff and had to fire her. I mean, that was something I she lost a year's worth of stuff. I had to hire, go hire someone else. Oh my uh, goodness. Another bookkeeper. Um, another bookkeeper was just this little old lady who was great. I thought she was doing a wonderful job. And this is true story. Um, she, she came to my house one day. She was working for me for six months. She showed up at my back door one day and I opened the door and I said, Hey, how are you? I won't say her name. I said, Hey, how are you? And she, she started yelling at me and I said, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? And she said, your accountant stole the information out of my laptop. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? So, you know, a couple of days prior, we had a meeting with our um, accountant and she was there. And again, this lady, this old lady had a laptop and she got in her head, and this is a true story. She got in her head somehow that my accountant somehow put some kind of voodoo uh, 
uh, information sucking machine in the room and stole my information out of her computer. And I said, are you kidding me? And then, you know, of course I went into this full panic mode that, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, like is this. So it turns out she, um, she would not give me my information. She quit, wanted me to pay her money and just disappeared. So she was crazy. What? I, yes, I had no idea, but she was literally insane and took all the information with her. My And I couldn't, I was going to sue her and all the stuff. And I thought, oh, it's not worth it. So I lost six months of my bookkeeping stuff. I tried to track her down to, to, to say, listen, you know, you, you can't keep my stuff hostage. And no kidding. Yeah. She was mad at me. And anyway, so that was the end of that. So that was one another one of my bookkeepers. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Um, I just had, you know, of course, incompetent in, in bookkeepers where, you know, like months would go by and I would say, okay, give me the report on such and such. And then they would stall for a few weeks. And then I'd say, hey, I really need that report. What's going on? And then I'd find out that they just, that everything was a mess. And then I just have to fire them. But um, anyway, to make yeah. a long story short, that's, uh, that. I mean, it was, it, it always, all always, it falls on the boss, okay, and, and and you're the one at the at the at the top, and you know I'm not gonna blame, even though these I hired incompetent. That that's actually what happened is I hired incompetent people. It's 100% my fault. I can't even blame those people because they were probably thinking they were doing the best they can do, and I didn't check up on them to make sure that they were doing the you know the the right things. And it was my own laziness and my own lack of discipline. And uh, I learned a lesson. And, you know, I'm not doing that anymore, right? And, you know, that's, that's what separates the, the people that, um, the successful people from the people that aren't, is that uh, at least if you're doing stuff wrong, figure out what you're doing wrong, take full responsibility 100%, uh, you know, and then, and then move on from there and just keep on going. And that's what I did, you know. That, that's great advice. I, I love it. I love it. It, it, it. It's like it's totally taking responsibility for the situation. Absolutely, and we all we've all done it. I mean, we've all we've all done it. I mean, just that you know, in I can't say I'm, I'm you know at that point I was going incompetent in every area because I was actually fantastic in certain areas. Like for example, um, renovating the houses. Uh, back then, uh, and still, I mean, I was great at doing that and not reeling. I was like the the uh, the chef who opens a restaurant, who's amazing at cooking, but incompetent in every other area. And then at some point, hopefully, you're going to realize that that's what's going on, and you start to hire the people for the things that you're not good at. And I finally figured that out a few years ago, and thank God I did. And that's that's the e myth revisited. The whole there's yeah. the summary of the book. You summed it up in like two, three sentences. Yeah, percent. I was the technician all day long. Right? Yeah, I just wanted to be the guy baking the donuts, whatever. I didn't want to talk to the staff. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hire. I didn't want to do any of the things. I just wanted to bake the donuts. And uh, I think I think the uh, the uh, uh, what's that thing called again? The e myth. Yeah. 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 The, the the example in the e myth I think is the apple pie apple yeah. pie maker or whatever but yeah. yeah I was great at making the pies but I didn't want to face the music that I didn't know how to do anything else yeah awesome well Dan if someone wanted to get a hold of you what's the best way to do so 
So social media, anything on social media, just look up Dan DeVoe. Uh, my last name is uh, D-E-S-V-E-A-U-X. It's a little tricky, my last name. But uh, yeah, so you just look up Dan DeVoe and uh, and it'll all my social media stuff is Dan DeVoe. Perfect. Um, thank you so much for your time. This is a great little chat. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me on your show. I look forward to see you, seeing you out there somewhere. Oh, you will. I'll be over in London again soon. Awesome. <laughs> we'll, meet, we'll meet halfway. <laughs> awesome. Look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks. Take care.